0: I mean, one thing when it comes to investing is everything takes longer than you want it to, and everything costs more than you want it to, and that's a a fact of life. You know, if if you hit your numbers on everything you modeled out, it would be a miracle. So in a lot of that stuff, we try to be conservative in our underwriting and set those expectations with the client so that, you know, hey, when the hot water heater breaks, it's a thousand dollar check and and you need to write that and write it quickly because you've got to bake that into your numbers and be ready to spend money on repairs and maintenance when it comes.
1: What's going on, guys? This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is Ralph Reard from Real Property Management, Richmond Metro. Today, we're talking about, this is information for the residential real estate investors out there. If you want to buy your own property and you want to put a property manager in there managing the tenant property for you. Today, we're talking about Things you can expect from your property manager, how to work with a property manager, how to find a property manager, just kind of reasonable things to know before you buy a single family, a duplex, a quad, whatever. And before you start working with a property manager, you gotta know what to expect. You gotta know how to work with them. You gotta know how to find them and all of those great things. Ralph is a very experienced real estate investor and property manager here in the Richmond, Virginia area. So we get into the weeds a little bit on what he does, what his clients do, what they own, how we talk a little bit also about how the coronavirus has impacted the Richmond real estate market. Folks out there who listen to the show in the past, you know I live in Richmond and uh, I get a lot of questions about investing in the Richmond area, syndications in the Richmond area, all those great things, well, Here's one where we are getting into the details, but I would say, you know, even if you're not a Richmond investor, but you're somebody who you want to invest in single families, duplexes, quads, and use a property manager, this information will apply no matter where you invest, at least within the United States. So still check out, check this out, even if you're not gonna invest in Richmond, that's fine. You need to know this. If you're using a property manager to manage your properties, no matter where you are. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Loat. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and share the return. It's a great topic. Ralph is a very knowledgeable guy. He's an investor on his own, so he knows what it's like. He knows how to work with property managers, how to work with investors, and uh, he knows what we look for as real estate investors. So without further ado, here we go with Ralph Reard from Real Property Management, Richmond Metro Area. Ralph, thank you for joining us today.
0: Sure. Glad to be here, Taylor.
1: Great to talk with you again. Uh, For those out there who don't know your background, can you tell us a little bit about your business and what you do before we really dive into what we're going to talk about today?
0: Sure. Happy to do so, Taylor. I'm Ralph Reard. I'm the principal broker and owner of Real Property Management, Richmond Metro here in Richmond, Virginia. We're a residential property management firm and part of a franchise system. Parent office is based out of Waco, Texas. There's 335 uh, offices around the country, and I own the rights of the Richmond region here. Been in business about six years.
1: Awesome. Awesome. And you
0: before you got into
1: property management, you were managing your own portfolio and, and all that, and you manage a number of units here, also own your own portfolio. And really what I wanted to talk about today was tips, tricks, strategies for working with or using a property manager on one's you know single family portfolio, because most people out there who are busy professionals don't really have the time to manage their 10 or 20 units or so and using property managers is a good idea.
0: Yep, absolutely. As you mentioned, I am an investor. I kind of got into the business with a small portfolio. And uh, like a lot of you listening, I was interviewing property managers and couldn't really find somebody that I liked or I thought would provide the level of service that I wanted to give my my tenants and our residents. And like a lot of fools, I thought, well, man, if there's no good uh, resource in the market, why don't I just start my own company and do it and that's kind of what led me to partner with Real Property Management. Every investor is different, you know, in the life cycle of how many doors you have and, you know, what your professional needs are and family commitments and how much time you can devote to real estate investing and property management. So for some people, it may be three units they throw their hands up and say, I, I can't deal with any more tenant phone calls or showings. Or, you know, for some people, that pain threshold might be 15 or 20. It really just... Depends on on each individual circumstance. So, for me, it was right about uh, ten units. I had an eight-unit building and then two single-family homes. And I realized I couldn't do this part-time. I needed to either hire somebody or, or jump in full-time.
1: Nice. And you went you went full-time. And probably you know one of the biggest holdups or hang-ups that I hear from people who are kind of thinking about making the transition is. It starts with the money, right? They say, "Well, I want to, I want to keep all that money and and self manage and not pay a property manager." And so, starting there, I mean, how can people get over that initial hump to say, "Is an additional cost, but it's also, you know, focus on the value of, uh, right. of Ab- the right." Absolutely,
0: you're looking at it going, "Man, this investment property is barely cash flow positive. Why, you know." If it's making three hundred bucks a month, why am I going to pay half of that to a property management company? I'll just do it myself. Well, you know, it really comes down to what is your time worth and how much value can can they add, and is your time better served? You know, searching for more properties or networking with other real estate brokers or contractors trying to find deals, or do you want to you know be answering tenant phone calls and handling showings, you know, on weekends? So, you know, I always think that if when I do my underwriting and I look at the investment, if I can't afford the property management fees, then it's probably a little too tight and I shouldn't shouldn't be investing in that. So we always look at expense ratios and that's always baked into the numbers. So I get that starting out, it's it can be a little challenging and you want to have control and, and it's a great way to learn. And and I learned a lot about the business, you know, from fixing toilets myself and painting apartments and Uh, I quickly realized if I was going to scale and grow, you know, I couldn't spend five hours on a Saturday painting an apartment. It just wasn't going to work with my family. My wife was kind of tired of me doing that. So that's when I decided to jump in full-time and get into property management was to help other investors better utilize their time and their assets and, and grow their portfolio. So one thing we're passionate about, we love to see people go from three properties to five to 10 and kind of be their sounding board to help them grow their portfolio and build that passive income that's going to lead to generational wealth. So, it's a great way for us to grow our business as well. We love it when a one of our clients calls up and says, "Hey, I'm under contract. We're closing in a couple of weeks. Can you go pick up the keys and and get it going?" So, we can really add value in that sense that it's truly turnkey. They've got to find the deal, get the financing, get it to closing, and then we pick up the keys and place the tenant and and handle the rest. So,
1: yeah. Well, you know, I wonder about that that initial startup period when folks are looking for, you know, they find a property they think they want to close on. So now they need to probably select a property manager, figure out what their anticipated rents are going to be, or at least substantiate, you know, the rent they think they're going to get and then go from, okay, I've got it under contract to I'm closed and off to the races. So can you walk us through that, particularly in light of coordinating with a a property manager?
0: Yep, absolutely. So I'm always a little resident, reticent, excuse me, to believe what I call broker math and nothing against residential agents, but their interests aren't always aligned with that of a real estate investor. You know, they want to get a brokerage fee. Everybody wants to earn a living. We want to get our management fees. But, you know, if they tell you, hey, this property, you know, no problem, it's going to run for 1800 you know, do you want to fact check that and go behind and do your own comps and talk to a property manager because... At the end of the day, we've got to eat our own cooking. And once that broker closes the deal, they've moved on to their next client. And, you know, if it only rents for 1550 uh, it's tough luck. You know, the comps didn't support it. But if your property manager tells you that, guess what? We're working together for the next three, four years while you own that asset. And if we tell you $1,800, it, it better rent for 1800 or you're probably going to fire us or look for somebody else on the next deal because you've got returns that you want to hit. Like I said, always fact check. You know, we're happy to consult during due diligence. We offer a lot of free advice to clients as they're going through that sales process. And then, you know, that's the cost of doing business. Hopefully, you'll close on it and and use us as your manager. Um, But if not, that's fine. We want you to get the most information and make the best decisions you can when it comes to investing.
1: Yeah, so a lot of it comes down to don't be afraid to ask. I suppose as yeah, don't be afraid to ask a property manager.
0: And that's especially on the multifamily side as well. You know, I've bought a number of multifamily pro- properties, syndicated a number of deals, so very well versed in what it takes to close one of those and go through the due diligence. And you know, we consult with clients all the time. You know, hey, can you look at this rent roll or you know, these inspection reports and tell us what do you think we need to spend to get it up to market? And we can kind of help there too. So um, find that, get that person on your team. Um, again, you were asking about you know, value add from working with a property manager. That's stuff that you really can't put a dollar amount on. Is it once you have that relationship, you know you've got a trusted advisor that's going to give you the right information to either make a great investment or just to punt on it and wait for the next one. So that's just another way that we help our clients grow and make sure they're getting the most for their investments.
1: Now one of the constant problems that I mean most investors have really in in real estate is Finding reliable people to do the handiwork, you know, reliable contractors. And can investors expect anything, or should they be able to expect anything from their property managers as far as at least saying, Hey, I've got three or four guys who do kitchens that, you know, will take a look at the project? Or, you know, what's a reasonable expectation of like contractor connections?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, I can tell you we've been in business six years. I've used every single plumber in Richmond, Virginia, uh, <laughs> at least once. And not because we're trying to find the best prices, but we want the most reliable service that will give you an honest quote, get out there when they say they will, and get the job done so we can move on. The you know maintenance coordination is something we struggled with from the start, getting qualified folks that were insured and would show up and do the job right. And your property manager will have those connections already set up. Um, and as far as full renovations, that kind of thing, you really wanted to do that yourself. And you're going to learn a lot from being your own GC, um, and getting in there. We can point you in the right direction, but if you're buying a value add property that needs 15 to 20,000, you probably want to have your hands on that. And bet some of your own contractors get your own bids. We prefer clients to bring it to us rent ready. We're not a general contractor, but we can, we can look at a property with you, you know, while you're under contract and say, yeah, I think you know, 20,000 is a realistic number here. Now it's probably going to be closer to 30. But we would ask that our clients get those bids and, you know, do the full remodel themselves. And then we'll, when it's time to place a tenant, we'll be there to to help them through that.
1: Nice. You know, one of the questions I like to ask a lot of folks is common misconceptions that, that people have. And specifically here, I would ask common misconceptions that, say, newer investors have when they come to uh, you as a property manager and maybe a Expectations that they have that aren't realistic or expectations that they should have. Just, you know, what do people on the whole typically not know when they're first hiring a property manager?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, one thing when it comes to investing is everything takes longer than you want it to, and everything costs more than you want it to. And that's a a fact of life. You know, if, if you hit your numbers on everything you modeled out, it would be a miracle. So, And a lot of that stuff, we try to be conservative in our underwriting and set those expectations with the client so that, you know, hey, when the hot water heater breaks, it's a thousand dollar check and you need to write that and write it quickly because you've got to bake that into your numbers and be ready to spend money on repairs and maintenance when it comes. So we try to educate on the front end and listen, you know, here's how we handle a maintenance call. We respond to everybody within 24 hours. If it's over a certain threshold, uh, we'll get your written authorization and get multiple bids if you need, but just know that things are gonna break and and don't be mad at us when they do. And tenants are gonna get behind on rent. That's not our fault. It's you know, fact of life, the, the larger you are and the more properties you have, things are gonna come up. So just Be patient, work with your property manager, know that we've got your best interest in heart. And like I said, we want you to be successful and grow from three doors to 10 or 20 or or whatever your your long-term goals are. So we recently,
1: just to let folks, listeners out there know, we recently did a webinar event where uh, you were our guest and we talked about changes in the Richmond market that you found due to the coronavirus and and the impacts there and specifically that was you know the fall of of 2020 which we're still in the fall of 2020 as we talk here at least as far as I know it it's not quite winter yet but so things i wanted to you know i wanted to bring that up here so that the broader you know audience out there knows what's happening on the ground in a market like ours and and what the impact has been so can you walk us through that a bit and just tell us you know what's happened in Richmond in the real estate market.
0: Absolutely. So we've seen um, a lot of change in 2020. And there was just an announcement earlier this week from the General Assembly about more guidelines around evictions and longer periods. Uh, It used to be a five day pay or quit process. They've now extended that to 14 days. So trying to make things more tenant friendly. uh, You do have now, if you have more than four properties, you've got to get come up with a payment plan for tenants that are behind. So it's been nice to see the legislature moving that direction to help out residents, but also it's been nice to see a lot of our clients working with them for rent deferrals, you know, some rent forgiveness and just other programs that, you know, landlords and tenants are having more conversations than before. Hey, you're behind, here's a pay quit. We're going to go to court. And that's the end of it. So we've seen a lot of that. As far as the general market prices, still continue to grow up, go up. I saw, you know, from a supply and demand stance, we could absorb another 1500 units if we had them. So definitely a seller's market on the single family side for sure. And, you know, rents, uh, we're starting to see them flatten out a little bit. And I think, you know, the last five years, it's been three to 5% increases year over year. Now we've got a lot of landlords that say, Hey, you know what, this is a great resident. Let's keep rent flat here for the next 12 months and, and see if they'll renew. So a little more shift in power towards the resident, which is great. But, you know, I think just given the interest rates where things are, as far as the general market through the spring, winter and spring, we're gonna still see prices climb here in Richmond, make it harder to find deals for investors for sure. But great for anybody that's, that's holding long-term for appreciation and being able to benefit from all the, the perks of any real estate. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Now, we have a VCU here in Richmond that, you know, makes up a pretty big part of our tenant base, renter base, uh, the students. So was there any impact there uh, with coronavirus and, say, parents not wanting their kids to be in the dorms or the admissions like falling off? Like, has there been an
0: impact? Yeah, I mean, we were... Glad to see that VCU kind of waited to make the announcement of, you know, in-person versus virtual learning came late in the summer. So a lot of folks had already leased, signed leases in June and July, anticipating school to start in August. But we did see an increase in demand for our studios and one bedrooms, especially in the downtown submarket there. Like you said, hey, my son had signed up with four of his buddies to rent a house. We're not really comfortable, you know, with five roommates. We want him to live by himself for a year and you know, just for safety. And so we, we did see an increase in demand there versus a lot of metro areas you hear about, you know, D.C. and New York and everybody's fleeing to get more space and heading out to the suburbs. In Richmond, you know, we saw an increase in demand and a lot of that it was driven by student rentals.
1: Okay. So speaking of D.C., New York and things like that, um, it's not a new phenomenon. It's been going on for a long time where, where Richmond gets a fair amount of attention from northern virginia dc and sometimes new york investors uh, we're just a, a shot down 95 and we're not ex- as expensive as nova or new york city as far as you know i don't know whether you deal with clients that are coming from those more expensive markets but are you seeing them you know make out of out of state investors or out of area investors make like consistent mistakes with like where they're buying or the types of properties they're buying or anything like that
0: Mistakes. It's, you know, they're used to a low cap rate environment here in Richmond. You know, multifamily, once upon a time, was it an eight, nine cap, and now you're looking at four and five caps. So, you know, time will tell, you know, can you hold these long term? But obviously, the lower interest rates and debt service are increasing the values on these properties as well. Um, as And as I mentioned, we've seen kind of a a run up in rent growth recently. So I don't think they're making mistakes. I think we've got a lot of sharp people that are looking at our, our city and all the great things we have going on in terms of, you know, government jobs and big education. And, uh, you know, so it, it's a great place to work. It's a great place to manage property and, and invest for sure.
1: Nice. And you mentioned, um, about properties being a turnkey, and I've seen turnkey providers online start to show more properties in in Richmond, certain parts of Richmond. do you have any uh, involvement with that or any of the turnkey providers out there?
0: Yeah, so I'm a firm believer in specialization you know i I like to do what I'm good at and then write a check for the rest and if you've got a company that's gonna Broker the home for you, get it renovated, manage the property, find you financing, um, give you a bridge loan. They're probably good at one or two of those things. I'd be surprised if they were excellent at all of them. Uh, so we really like to stay in our lane, and you know, we focus on providing great service to residents, you know, fixing problems when they arise, and treating our clients fairly. So, you know, personally, I've never dealt with a turnkey provider. I have invested out of state. I've been a little careful in doing so and gone down and and met with property managers in different markets, but I've never just sent a check and said, hey, go find me something and let's hope it works out.
1: Yeah. yeah. Do you have any uh, prospective buyers or prospective investors calling you about deals that they see here in Southside or whatever on a, a turnkey provider site? Asking about, you know, is it really going to rent for two grand a month? (laughs)
0: Um, You know, we get calls every single day. Um, You know, what do you think about this property or that? You know, I know for a lot of people that really want it to be hands off and still get all the benefits of owning real estate, that's a a viable solution. But for me, it's not for me. I'm more hands on. Uh, I enjoy finding the deals, learning throughout the process and growing, you know, as an investor and also as a, a business owner and property manager. So, if i wanted to just something truly passive i would invest in the stock market yeah if i really wanted something turnkey or hands off i'd look at a reit or something like that but i like to touch it and smell it and drive by and all that good stuff so nice
1: right now we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor all right ralph i've got 3 questions i ask every guest on the show first one what's the best investment you ever made other than in your education
0: uh, Good question. I'd love to do a deep dive into a real estate deal, but I'm a buy and hold guy, so it's hard to tell which one is going to be the best. But I would say the best investment I made was buying a franchise business. Uh, I was uh, working in hospitality and getting a little burned out and made the decision about six years ago to supplement my real estate investing was to open a real property management franchise. And it was the last six years, we've grown that from Uh, 10 doors, which I started with, to over 1,100. So it's been a challenge each and every day, but it's been a great investment in in myself and um, been a benefit for my family for sure.
1: Awesome. We had the best investment. Now we go to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made?
0: Uh, I'm a real estate guy. And I I told you earlier, I like to stay in my lane and and invest in things I know. Uh, I was talked into a restaurant investment a few years back and um, a local spot here that I I thought was going to be well, but uh, it just hasn't panned out yet. So time will tell, but I I wish I'd taken that money and put it into more real estate.
1: Is it still open? You'll have to tell me off air which, which restaurant it is. I
0: will tell you downstream, but it's still, still in business, just not providing the cash flow or returns, which you know, in a COVID environment, I'm great the doors are still open because I know there's a lot of, a lot of folks out that, there that are hurting. But again, I'd, I'd like to stick in my lane and, and buy some more real estate.
1: Nice. I like it. Buy the building the restaurant is in rather than the restaurant itself, I suppose. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing?
0: Uh, most important lesson I've learned. Uh, I would say just always be thirsty for education and always be willing to learn. One thing I do like about real estate is that every deal is different. And every time we do a syndication or bring on a new client, a new property, we come across different problems and we're always, you know, working to solve those and learning different strategies for real estate investments and how to raise capital and all that stuff. It's, it's just, Truly a challenge each and every day. And, you know, if I wasn't passionate about education or personal growth, I never would have gone down this road. So I would say that's definitely you know, the most important lesson. Getting into real estate is that, listen, whether you close the deal or not, you're going to learn something. And, yeah, just keep moving forward one day at a time and you'll, you'll end up, you know, where you want to be with all your goals for passive wealth and, and all that good stuff.
1: Nice. Well, Ralph, thanks for joining us today. If folks out there want to learn more, if they think they want to invest in the Richmond area and they need a property manager, if they're interested in someone who is syndicating deals in Richmond, I get that question all the time. Well, you yeah, know, here's a guy to to talk to. Ralph syndicates deals here in, in Richmond. Where can people find you?
0: sure our website is rpm that's real property management rpm richmondmetro.com and you can email me first name ralph R. L. P. H. at rpm richmond metro we're on instagram facebook rpm rva and uh yeah we're happy to reach out and talk shop or find a deal for you or yeah see if we might be a good fit for property management
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us once again today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a reading and review on Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. And it helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thanks for tuning in once again.